रहा है हिंदी सिनेमा का सबसे बड़ा ब्लॉकबस्टर तो माकेदार होगा एंटरटेनमेंट जब करण जोहर आयुष्मान खुराना और मनीष पॉल होस्ट करेंगे फिल्म फेयर की शानदार रात फिल्म फेयर के मंच पर होंगे रणबीर कपूर करीना कपूर खान कार्तिक आर्यन वरुण धवन जानवी कपूर और सारा अली खान के इलेक्ट्रीफाइंग परफॉर्मेंसेस तो हो जाइए तैयार फॉर हिंदी सिनेमा बिगेस्ट सेलिब्रेशन वॉट द सिक्सटी नाइन्थ फिल्म फेयर अवार्ड ट्वेंटी विद गुजरात टूरिज्म ऑन संडे एटीन फेब्रवरी नाइन पी एम उंगली ऑन जी gentlemen and friends of Jack Benny The National Broadcasting Company is very happy to welcome you here tonight and we appreciate your joining in with us in this testimonial to a great artist We feel that it is fitting and proper that another great artist act as master of ceremonies at this meeting So it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you as our master of ceremonies a man who for 12 years has entertained the American audience. He is known as the great discoverer. He discovered I think every known radio actor except Jack Benny. And he recently discovered John Barrymore. It gives me great pleasure to introduce to you a man who has done much in the entertainment world, much to give great pleasure and entertainment to millions upon millions of American people, one who has earned the right to preside here as a great artist, one who has presided at programs in the National Broadcasting Company for 12 years, Rudy Valley. Thank you. 
Jack would say. Thank you, Don Gilman. I've been a little bit envious of that throwback to the court jester that we dignify with the term comedian. It's a very great gift, great perhaps as the power that the surgeon has to heal those who are ill, to be able to bring laughter into the heart and minds and innards of human beings. Comedians and those who write for them perhaps number into the thousands, but few indeed become really great, truly great, and in radio with its voracious appetite for material and its persistent weekly demand for outstanding performance has made very few who are truly and indeed great. Our man of the evening is one of these very fortunate, unusual few. I could say that uh, we are here to pay tribute to him, but those of us who are in radio and who know the National Broadcasting Company are here chiefly to see NBC get the check. <laughs> We're here to see NBC pay at the source. <laughs> and if you, if you didn't enjoy your dinner, might I suggest a little later on that you order something special? <laughs> Anything you'd like. The best thing in the house. Caviar, if possible. And if you didn't enjoy the wine, get the best vintage of 1932 and 33. Those were the best years. Order plenty of it. Because I want to see NBC go deep this time. <laughs> Jack, Benny, Jack Benny, cradled in vaudeville, came up through radio, as many of us did, and I'm going to leave others to tell you what he has done, but I'd like to point out in passing, as a radio performer myself, the innovations for which he is more or less responsible. He wasn't the first to take a band leader or a singer and make him a speaking part of his program, but at least he had the courage to change them in midstream, which many of us have never done. And the fact today that many of our shows are 30 minutes in length are unquestionably due to the fact that Jack was the first to take the 30-minute show and prove that it could be as great in popularity, if not greater, than the hour show. For that, I can't forgive him, because I like the hour show myself. <laughs> Jack proved, too, contrary to what George White and others in show business would have you believe, that you could lay off during the summer back in the fall and garner all your votes again and have your listening audience greater than ever. Those are truly great innovations for which we in radio are deeply appreciative. And he has done something that I've always felt should be done, and that is to spotlight the others in your cast and sometimes let them even take greater prominence than yourself. And he does it with the greatest magnanimity for which people love him. West Coast NBC, profiting by... East Coast NBC's 10th anniversary at the Wall of Astoria, of which little should be said, <clears throat> has decided to make tonight's affair one of wit, humor, comedy. The laity, those with their dry as dust statistics and speeches, will be in the minority. I asked for a gong so as a junior major bowls, I might gong them into obscurity if they went over too much allotted time. That was denied me, but I hope that those who are not of the comedy trend will make their speeches very brief this evening because we want it to be a gay evening. We want the speeches and even the comedy to be short so that you can 
And back to ordering the special meals and your champagne and enjoy yourself dancing afterwards. <laughs> Jack Benny has that quality of personality and that outstanding something, that unique quality of his humor, has somehow kept him apart from the forked tongue of jealousy that most people in show business have known only too well. I've never heard anyone, not even his own colleagues, ever at any time speak enviously of, of Jack and his work. For that reason, every comedian who does pay tribute to Jack tonight, I know speaks from the fullness of his heart with all the sincerity at his command. I want to present the first one in order, as our routine goes this evening, a young fellow who recently received his draft number. Fortunately, he was able to secure deferment due to the fact that he has a very dependable, dependable. And, uh, <laughs> what am I talking about anyway? Anyway, uh, I want to present him because he's fortunate, as I say, in securing that deferment that he could be with us this evening. Charlie McCarthy and his dependable, dependable, Edgar Bergen. <laughs> I can't do justice to this tribute to Jack Benny without my partner, Charlie McCarthy. And I believe between the two of us, we'll do it up as it should be done. <laughs> Charlie. No. <laughs> Did Benny get any laughs? No, no. <laughs> to be invited to this dinner and to sit at this table makes me very proud. <laughs> I'm dying, folks. I'm bleeding blood, all right. <laughs> to have an opportunity to express my admiration for that great showman, that comedian, Jack Benny. I'm very happy to have that occasion. That ain't the way you talk about him around the house. All right, all right. <laughs> That's right. NBC told him to say that. No, 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 no. They did nothing of the kind. Well, I know they censored my speeches. <laughs> but I, uh, I remember most of it. I could quote it. <laughs> My God, I will. <laughs> and... He's so damn smug. All right, all right. I hope the rivalry among radio comedians 
will continue in the pleasant and healthy state that it's in because I think it is great sport. I've known Jack a long time. As a matter of fact, we worked in vaudeville together. Yeah. Between the two of you, you weakened it so Bob Hope could make the kill. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, do you, do you want all these people to go home? No, just Jack. No, all right. <laughs> to go home thinking that you're not a gentleman, that you can't behave like a gentleman? No. That you can't censor your own speech? No. You don't want them to think that? No, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, fine. Wouldn't you like to say something nice to Mr. Benny? Yes, I would. Yes. I want you to be a gentleman. I want you to be... A fine gentleman tonight. Yes. yes. Look how well Jack behaves himself. Uh, he's rehearsed it. Oh, yes. <laughs> Mr. Benny, we of the younger generation bow in reverence to your proud gray toupee. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you are a great showman, Mr. Benny. You're one in a thousand. When you were created, they broke the mold. I can't say that I blame them. All right. I think you're very, very comical. Ha ha. Yes. <laughs> Even though your Crosley may not be as high as ours. Even though you do not have as great a listening audience. We still, it does not mean that you're no good entirely. Oh, no. <laughs> Even though you're Crosley. Charlie. Huh? You're, uh, will you stop nudging? <laughs> what? That's Crosley. Our Crosley isn't What? I say our Crosley. It isn't higher. What are you saying, man? Yes. <laughs> no. Our Crosley is not higher than that. Are you mad? <laughs> he is a grand showman. He, he is... Are you sure about that? <laughs> He's a lovable fellow. What is our... Cro our Crosley. Ours? Yes. Our Crosley is 31. 31. Point two. 31. Yes. What's the... Uh, stinkers? <laughs> Jax Crosley is 33. Yipe! <laughs> <laughs> Why, you stingy miser, you great... All right, understand. <laughs> well, we are not going to let that Crosley interfere with our friendship. No. No, no we're far above that. Yeah? yeah? Then why do you whip me every time you read the Crosley? No, no. <laughs> I'm not even allowed to mention Rochester's name around the house. Oh, it isn't Chase and Sanborn that's keeping you awake at night. It's Jello. Oh, is that something? <laughs> and we don't even keep the damn stuff in the house. Is that something? You've gone pretty far there, didn't you? 
Ethan tore out the picture of Abraham Lincoln. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> well, we are here to celebrate uh, Jack's 10th anniversary. Yes. He's made a career of radio. We could have done it in half the time. Yes. <laughs> and I'm afraid we will. <laughs> but I want to say in all seriousness, Jack, that the crown of Crosley rests on the head where it fits the best. So we bow to you, King Jack. And we're very happy to have it just this way, and may it continue for a long time. And believe me, Jack, if we can steal it from you, by God, we will. These two personalities, like our man of the evening, were cradled in Fortville. Like Jack, they came up through the hard way in radio, but so great is their homespun appeal to the millions of radio listeners that during a layoff occasioned by a severe illness of one of the two, they came back greater, bigger than ever, with their Crosley approximating the other two. It's a pleasure to present Fibber McGee and Molly. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We just want to briefly congratulate Jack Benny sincerely on his 10th anniversary. Oh, indeed we do. Isn't it wonderful, McGee? You bet. <laughs> Any guy that can parlay a fiddle and a polar bear and Fred Allen into a career deserves all he can get. <laughs> yeah. And what does he get? What does he get? Yeah, what does he get? Why, he gets a fine dinner and 35% off on all RCA radios. <laughs> That's really wonderful. Thank God they finally took our picture. That's <laughs> oh, really wonderful. You know, Molly, 10 years on radio. That's something, isn't it? It isn't certainly that is. It's grand. How long have we been on the radio? How long have we been on? Yeah. Sixteen years. <laughs> Sixteen years. What did NBC give us on our 10th anniversary? Don't, huh? you, don't you remember, dearie? No. Why, that's the year they started signing our contracts with ink. <laughs> McGee, hmm? I heard. I heard yeah. that uh, Jack is going to own his own network when he gets through with his contract. <laughs> Why not? NBC has to give a network to somebody. <laughs> I think we better sit down, dearie. Huh? We better sit down. Why? I'm hungry. <laughs>
Just why the sponsor should be the butt of so many jokes in radio is something I've never been able to understand, because after all, he's the man who pays and pays and pays. Although sometimes his wife may run the program, it's still the man who pays. <laughs> I, uh, I had hoped to use the analogy that it would be as difficult for a Yale man to say something nice and kind about a Harvard man as it would be to introduce this particular sponsor. But I discovered shortly before the dinner got underway that we, I should have remembered it from a banquet back in New York several years ago, that we both have the same alma mater, New Haven. So I can't use that analogy, but I will say that it's a little difficult for me to be kind and generous in this introduction after 10 years of having tried to sell yeast, chasing sandwich coffee, and royal gelatin <laughs> to introduce a man who sells Maxwell House and Jell-O. It is difficult, and I know the standard brands would never forgive me for it, but I do feel that most of you should realize that this man is the very important keystone in the arch of all that is radio. For the benefit of the uninitiated, radio consists of vaguely three or four forces. First, the sponsor, the advertising agency, the network, and the performer. And any hostile legislation or any forces inimical to the interests of any one of the four is a death knell to radio. And we hope that nothing ever will destroy the harmony of the working of these four. It wasn't, it wasn't until these sponsors dared to unloosen their purse strings and invest millions of dollars a year in radio programs that radio came into big time into its own. And it was only from these profits that the networks in turn were enabled to bring to the masses of radio listeners cultural and educational programs, symphony programs and other things that have made radio really interesting and worthwhile. So I feel that the debt to the sponsors indeed a very great one. Perhaps the greatest compliment I can pay this gentleman is to say that he had the courage and faith when other sponsors possibly didn't feel the faith that he felt in Jack Benny to underwrite him for the tune of many millions and to see his dream come true. I'd like to present the president of General Foods, Chester Colby. Brother, brother, May I correct myself? Colby Chester. <laughs> Mr. Toastmaster, guest of honor, ladies and gentlemen, I would be negligent indeed if I did not express to our host and the great organization he represents profound appreciation for this wonderful tribute to Jack Benny. I am sure the hero of the evening would be the first, however, to pay deference to the men and women who have provided the physical means whereby his fame has been established. As millions of Americans sit nightly in their royal boxes, their own homes, and listen while history and art and science Joy and sorrow and the human interest stories of the daily life of a great people are brought before us. We are apt to forget the years of research, the vast sums of money, and the devotion 
of the inventive minds that have made it all possible. We pay them tribute, too. As a spokesman for the General Foods family, I am profoundly pleased to appear here tonight at the birthday party of our famous son. Frankly, I think you all should know that our boy Jack has been no pampered son. He has shaped his career in the American tradition. He has made good on his own. He is truly a self-made success, and certainly he has been a success, unprecedented in the world of entertainment. Incidentally, perhaps it would not be amiss if for a moment we examined the role played, not by this outstanding favorite of radio, but by the sponsor. What is the sponsor's job? Well, one job is giving autographs. By the way, Jack, I must get yours before I leave. You have been getting mine for every week. <laughs> now for the last seven years. But seriously, it is our belief that a sponsor has a tremendous responsibility to the public. Like his products, a sponsor's radio program must have high merit, and they must give rich satisfaction week in and week out. The sponsor must get performers in whom the public has confidence, provide the show with a far-reaching network, and then allow the star to produce the show as he sees it. And that is what we have tried to do. We have given Jack Benny free reign to entertain and delight, to build up a unique characterization. We have allowed him to give full expression to his marvelous talents, and proudly we have watched him take the lead and hold it. That is why I say that if this night is a great triumph and glory for Jack Benny, it is because he deserves it. He has earned it. His alone. The boy from Waukegan has the goods, and the radio public will agree with me. He delivers it every time he goes to bat. It is important, too, I think, that someone point out this revealing fact. Jack Benny's programs have sparkled and exploded with fun. But he leans ever backward to make them clean, decent fun for the whole family's ears, and welcomed in the households up and down our land. The script often seems to require Jack to suffer setbacks. He often gets buffeted about. He meets disappointments. But he is there trying. He can't be squelched. He can't be dismayed for long. There is something magnificent and inspiring in an unconquerable spirit like that. Perhaps secreted in the tumult of laughter, there is a brave lesson for all of us in the Jack Benny program. Yes, he'll do. He'll pass any test. 
After all, you remember the famous old Latin saying, Bene Homo Generosis. Bene Alumnus. Bene Judex Ropi Bene. Freely translated, this means a gentleman, a scholar, a judge of a good cigar. Yes, indeed, those old Romans knew their Benny. Benny de Carre to speak well. Benny Facere to do well. Benny Vivere to live happily. Benny Populi, belonging to the peoples. And that's our Jack. So I salute you, Jack Benny, and Mary Livingston, too. None of us know what is in store for this land of ours, but whatever it is, be it blood or tears, toil or sorrow, or years of peace and contentment, may your voices continue for many, many years to come to bring joy and laughter to America's listening millions. Now you see what we, what we learn up at New Haven. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Eli, for your brevity and for your faith, and for your faith in Jack Benny. I find words feeble in trying to express the word friendship. And these two people are perhaps the dearest friends that Jack Benny and Mary Livingston know. Together they've shared their, their hopes, their joys, their sorrows, and their very great triumphs. Two of these finest people in radio. I rarely use the word swell, but I'll say two of the swellest people in radio. Grace George and Gracia. Ladies and gentlemen, Gracie and I were thrilled to be asked to say a few words on this occasion because we've known Jack Benny all our lives, and we're very happy to be here. I'm not. <laughs> and, uh, of course, this is the first time NBC has ever honored one of their stars on this occasion, and uh, uh, it's really a, a thrill, it's really a thrill to be here tonight. I don't think so. Oh, quiet. And if there's anything you want to know about Jack, I'll be glad to tell you. Because nobody cares what I think. Uh, of course. Nobody uh, ever listens I've, to me uh, except I've, myself. Uh, but you uh, can't go by me. I listen to anybody. I've, uh, I've known like Jack to know what's all going my on. life. I'm well As a matter of fact, uh, we, uh, we've been handled by the anyway, same... I've got my own ideas ago. about this dinner. Uh, I think the Tom whole thing Fitch is Patrick was the fella and... If anyone's going to be given a dinner, it should be Mary Livingston. Even, She's even, the one who had to have this dinner. Mary's even the in, in, um, Mary's the one. Even, She's the one who ought to have the dinner, even Mary. Even in those days. Poor Mary. Mary deserves the dinner if I ever saw a person deserve a dinner. She deserves the dinner. Even Mary Livingston deserves the dinner. Quiet. 
Mary Livingston. Yeah, Mary Livingston. Yeah. She's the one. Yes. Jack's wife. Here. I know that. I know that. Uh, what's bothering you, Grace? Oh, I think the whole thing is ridiculous. Poor Mary. She's been home cooking for Jack for ten years. And they finally get a chance to go out one night and they give him the dinner. You think NBC ought to give Mary the dinner? Sure. Hmm. She could do with a good dinner. I see. She looks like she hasn't eaten for years. I see. Yeah, the kid has been leading a hard life. Sure, that's just because Jack is cheap. Cheap, all. yes. Just plain cheap. Yeah, the cheapest fella in the whole world, I guess. He doesn't pay her enough to buy peanuts. How do you know? She only gets a little more than I do. Gracie, what about those diamond bracelets that she wears and those diamond clips? Yeah, but she has to wear them all the time. I see. He wouldn't even buy her a safe to put them in. He's cheap, yes. Yeah. Cheap kid. Saw her coming home the other day with Jack, and she had seven Lily Dashay hats that yeah. she just bought. I bet she had to carry them. It's too bad, yeah. yeah. Shame. Fine gift, buying her seven hats. He knows she's only got one sister to give them to. A sister, babe. Yeah, babe. yeah, yeah. That's the one that's married to that black-faced comedian, Mike Mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, don't worry about Mary. She's doing all right. Jack just bought her a beautiful home with a big swimming pool. Oh, sure, sure. Full of water. Full of water, yeah. <laughs> what does he want her to do? Drown herself? That reminds me. I got to fill our pool, too. Yeah. Poor Mary. Yes. She gets up early every morning, never gets a chance to see the daylight. Never gets a chance to see the daylight? No, by the time she walks through the 56 rooms to the front door, it's dark outside. Why doesn't she go out the back way? Can't. Full of riders. <laughs> Full of riders? Sure. Got riders in the back room? Sure. Jack uses them on the back room floor instead of bearskin rugs. That Morrow, that Bill Morrow must feel at home there. Sure, he does. Yes. You know, you can kill yourself if you step on his head. Yes. Very slippery. Slippery, yes, yeah. I know. All right, Gracie, Jack is a big meanie. Yes, He's a heavy. he certainly is. He's a bad uh, man. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, and look at Mary's poor brother, Hiller. Hiller, yeah. <laughs> Jack ever give him an opportunity? Never, no, no, no. Let's have Hiller take a bow. Let's have Hiller, Hiller take, take a, a bow, bow Mary. There's a kid that could use a good dinner. Oh, yes, he could. Jack only pays him $500 a week. Yeah, well, where's the advancement in that? I guess no advancement. It wasn't Jack's brother-in-law. I bet he could be working at the May Company. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Yeah. Uh, that's Hillard over there. Yeah. Yes, he should be very proud to have Jack for brother-in-law. Well, I guess it could be worse. Of course it could be worse. Sure, it could be Cantor's son-in-law. That would be... <laughs> Wouldn't be good. You know, I know, I know Hillard when he was a little baby. Really? Yes. Bet he looked like Arthur Lyons. Yes, he did. (laughs) About, about 10% of him looked like Arthur Lyons. Small Arthur Lyons. Yeah, well, you know, as a matter of fact, they still look alike. Hillard and Arthur Lyons. Yeah, they're both round-shouldered around the waist. Around the waist. (laughs) Round-shouldered. Yeah. Hillard should do as well as Arthur Lyons. Yeah, Jack Benny should do as well as Arthur Lyons. Oh, boy. You ought to see the offices that Lines has. Nice offices. Ooh, they're beautiful. Really terrific. They're the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Yeah, it's a regular Jewish Shangri-La. <laughs> a 
it's lovely. A Jewish Shangri-La. Yeah. You mean nobody ever dies there? Yeah, oh, no. You ever see Lester Lynch? Lester Lynch? Yeah. That's that small Tom Harrington, yeah, isn't that yeah, the fellow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought so, yes. Lester Lynch. Yeah. Did you ever meet the Arthur's brother, Sam Lyons? Sam Lyons? Yes. Oh, is he the one who's the interpreter for Jack Benny's father? Yeah, that's the fellow. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw him. I saw him. Yes, that's the fellow. Yeah. Well, anyway, Gracie, Sam Lyons, Arthur Lyons, Lester Lynch, Tom Harrington, Hillard, everybody thinks Jack is a wonderful fella. What about Harry Kahn? Quiet, quiet. <laughs> Harry Kahn. I still think Jack is a wonderful fella. I don't think he's so wonderful. I think Mary's a wonderful fella. All right, they're both wonderful fellas. So is Mary. All right. Mary's a wonderful fella. We both fella. agree, don't yeah, we? Yeah. Well, let me finish my speech. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're very happy that Jack has been giving this honor and deservedly so. Jack has been the number one comedian on the air for years. I don't think he's so wonderful. If he's so wonderful, why doesn't he get a valet for Mary like Rochester? Then she can be the number one comedian on the air, too. I, I think, think Mary deserves said it. Enough. She's That's no wonder should have the I remember this young fellow, he of the retrousse nose, in a show called Ballyhoo in 1932 or 33. In radio, he took considerable time to find himself and 12 writers, but when he did find himself, his socko and youthful type of humor has captured the imagination of radio audiences and is one of the pride and joys of National Broadcasting Company and his sponsor. It's a pleasure to present the young man who popularized Thanks for the Memory or the boy who popularized Irium or the boy who popularized the tooth powder or Bob Hope. Thank you very much. You get on here according to your Crosley. Uh, but, but I'm very happy to be here. Thank you, Mr. Valley. You've improved. I don't know, you seem to be a different valley or stronger. I guess that's from holding up Barrymore. But anyway, I, uh... I am very happy to be here, ladies and gentlemen, at this fine affair. If I'd known they were going to routine it this way, I'd have had my agent down to see you earlier, Gilman. <laughs> but I, I really haven't much material prepared. I'm also working pictures. जब करण जोहर आयुष्मान खुराना और मनीष पॉल होस्ट करेंगे फिल्म फेयर की शानदार रात फिल्म फेयर के मंच पर होंगे रणबीर कपूर करीना कपूर खान कार्तिक आर्यन वरुण धवन जानवी कपूर और सारा अली खान के इलेक्ट्रिफाइंग परफॉर्मेंसेस तो हो जाइए तैयार फॉर हिंदी सिनेमास बिगेस्ट सेलिब्रेशन वॉच द सिक्सटी नाइन्थ हंडे फिल्म फेयर अवार्ड ट्वेंटी ट्वेंटी फोर विद गुजरात टूरिज्म ऑन संडे एटीन फेबर नाइन पी एम उंगली ऑन जी